Hey guys, welcome back to 30 Something with Sunny. This is the podcast where we talk all about motherhood, self-care, and second chapters. I love a good reinvention story, don't you? Anyhow, do you hear that little um, twinge in my voice? Do I sound like an octave lower than normal? I've got a massive head cold because we just got back from our first ski trip with the family, which was, I'm not going to lie, it was intense. There were moments. Um, Yeah. Anyone with kids knows the traveling is like, it's like a whole, it's a production. It's like an orchestra. Every instrument has to be playing at the right time at the right level for it to sound smooth and work well. And when you have a seven, a five and a two and a half year old, there nothing really works all that well or all that seamlessly. So yeah, we just got back from Park City a couple of days ago. It was it's a two hour um, time difference because we're East Coast here in Orlando. So yeah, so we spent uh, hours before packing and getting ready and all that good stuff. By the way, hot tip for anybody, and you don't even have to have kids to benefit from this, but anybody packing for a trip, have you gotten packing cubes yet? They have single-handedly changed the way that I travel. They bring my stress level down like a thousand points. It is insane how much you can fit in a packing cube. Not only that, how neat it keeps everything. So they sell these ones. Um, I think I got these at Target. They're by a brand called Jungalo. Hashtag not sponsored. Um, you're welcome for the business. <laughs> For all the two people that are going to hear this and go buy it, um, Nordstrom sells some great packing cubes too. Anyhow, every trip I pack a giant cube per child and it fits everything. You got to roll the clothing, pack it in the packing cube, get it done. So we get everybody packed a couple of days ahead of time. I Each kid gets their own little packing cube. Everything miraculously fits. Also, we're coming from Florida going to Utah, so we have you know, we're carrying that much more clothing. We're not used to layering and being cold over here. So we got all of their ski gear. Oh, by the way, you hear that fire truck in the background? That's because I'm super classy and I'm recording in my car in a parking lot. I'm class and grace personified, really. Um, yeah, I'm just totally sitting in a public parking lot doing this. Anyhow, um, got to the airport well, but here's the thing. We had a flight at 7 a.m. And it does not take a mathematician to figure out you need extra time to get through an airport, especially with kids and extra luggage. So we had to get the everybody up at about 4 o'clock, which was just a real treat in and of itself. I literally got the baby dressed, our two-and-a-half-year-old, while she was still sleeping. She was so exhausted that she didn't even wake up when I got her dressed got to the airport, got everything taken care of. I'm proud to report this time I did not set off the metal or bomb bomb detector. That's what it was um, with my body lotion. Did you know that? Did you know that there is an ingredient in some body lotions? I want to say it's glycerin. Don't quote me on this, but there's something, a fairly common ingredient in a lot of lotions that can set off the little like wand thing that they do. I'm a total head case, so I do not like to go into the radiation spinny thing on the security lines. You know, the one where you stand and put your arms up and the thing spins around you. I don't like to do it. I It's incidental radiation. I don't need it. I've got a, a history of cancer in my family. 
Homie don't play that. So Andrew laughs because every time I get the radiation spinny thing, I opt for the pat down, which hot tip, if you haven't had a massage lately, surprisingly is a just really quick, great way to relax. You know, just have someone rub up and down your arms and legs a little bit in the airport. What can I say? I'm a tactile person. Physical touch is a love language of mine. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, I set off the, um, we were traveling together one time and I was being super extra, extra. And it was just me and Andrew. And I did the pat down because I didn't want to go through the radiation spinner. That is the technical term, by the way. And I set off the bomb thing on the whatever they had to bring. Like they, they brought the whole, the head of security over. They were like, we don't understand what's going on. Like, are you packing? Like what is happening? Why do you have explosive traces on you. And then I guess when they brought someone else over, they were like, oh, this happens all the time. Did you just use body lotion this morning? So just a quick heads up, that can happen. Um, But proud to report that it didn't happen this time. So yay for regular metal detectors and not having to get the pad down. Um, So yeah, it, it was a fun trip. I have to say we got there pretty seamlessly after we got onto the plane. Um, Our two and a half year old did probably like ingest anywhere from five to 10 million germs just by crawling around all over the floor. For some reason, she's like, she's not wild and crazy and crying, but she's at that age where she knows that she doesn't have to sit the whole time. So she likes to kind of just stand there in front of the seat and like flip open the tray table and then hide under the seat. It's really disgusting. But I mean, listen, I'm desperate for some peace and quiet. So I may or may not have let her just sort of wipe the whole floor with her hands while she was just entertaining herself. Oh, that's another thing, by the way, going to the bathroom with a two and a half year old on the plane. Do you know what that's like? That's really fantastic. You got to line that toilet like with 15 layers, make sure they don't touch anything. We were getting out and I fully almost tumbled back into the toilet because we had turbulence as I was opening the door and I was ushering her out. It was a whole thing. Anyway, we got there to the airport and we made it intact and the kids were super happy and they didn't fall asleep on the plane. Our, our five and seven year old were great. They watched their iPads. So, um, we get to baggage claim and got all of our bags quickly. And as I'm walking out to grab our car, we have a group of, of six of us total. Um, I look over and I see this face and she looks, she's adorable. First of all, she's got great lashes. She's wearing a bright red beanie. And I'm like, huh. And as I'm walking past, I'm like, oh my God, that's Rachel Hollis, the author of Girl, Wash Your Face, Girl, Stop Apologizing. I'm sure you know who she is. Um, so as I'm walking past her, like a total idiot, I'm like, you know how you're thinking something as you're like, you're formulating a sentence in your head and it usually doesn't come out of your mouth, but I'm looking at her face walking past and I'm like, oh my God. And I looked at her square in the face and said that she's probably like, what is happening with this woman? I walked past her fully like had to digest the moment, stopped, stopped Andrew and the whole group. I was like, we just have to stop for a second. I think I just saw someone. And he's like, let's go. Our car is here. Yada, yada. I ran back very quickly. And if you ever were in question as to how awkward I am, if you met me in person, this should about sum it up. I walk up to her and I'm like, Hey, are you Rachel? And she's like, 
yeah. And she's just standing there all alone. She's clearly like waiting for a group of people. I was like, oh my God, this is so fucking embarrassing. I love your content. Who says that? Who says, oh, I love your, not I love your books, not I love your work. I'm just such a freaking weirdo. And she was like, oh, thanks. And rather than continue the conversation like a normal adult who can, who has a, you know, a a full grasp of the English language, I was just like, okay, can I take a picture with you? Like, and she obliged, God love her. What a graceful, sweet, kind, and patient person. She snapped a selfie with me. And then I was like, okay, bye. I mean, so awkward. I can't. I actually can't even handle myself sometimes. That's it. That was my interaction with the New York Times, New York Times best-selling author. Hey, are you Rachel? Love your content. Can I get a pic? Peace. I'm such a weirdo. Anyway, so Rachel Hollis is most definitely not listening to this podcast, but you know, just in case you felt bad about yourself or you felt awkward or like, you know, you're the type of person that like never says the right thing at the right time, you're not alone. I'm with you. That was like my shining, exciting moment of the trip over though. It turns out she was in Salt Lake, um, in Park City actually as well for like a girl's trip, just a little Instagram stalking proved that to be the case. So, um, yeah, how embarrassing. I actually hate myself when I relive that moment. It's one of those things where you get cringe sweaty, like my armpits just light up with sweat when I even remember it. Like it's just, it's horrific. I really, for a person who is, employs herself by talking for a living, I cannot communicate properly when I get nervous. So there you go. Super awkward. Um, anyway, we made it without coronavirus, knock on wood, so far. I did really consider buying the face masks up until the last minute. Two things about that, though. You can get them right now on Amazon without paying, like, some exorbitant amount of money. And second of all, I heard that they don't really protect against the coronavirus anyway. So I really, really did consider up until probably the night before canceling the trip because I was like, ugh, I know we're going to get the corona it's going to be bad, but so far so good. And, um, then I get back today and look on the daily mail and see that the health officials here are predicting a massive outbreak. So that's great. It's going to just follow us right back home. Um, so this trip was so great guys. I, I really got past, I'm glad that I got past my anxiety over the coronavirus and got past my horrifically embarrassing episode at the airport, because by the time we got settled into our little place, we stayed in the Canyons village which is um, in Park City. Uh, listen, I don't know much about directions, but we're in the Park City Canyons Mountain, right? So in Little Condo, we walked right down to our lift, a little gondola that takes you up the side of the mountain. Um, and it was magical. For Florida kids who have never seen snow, they were beside themselves with excitement. We got out of the car, pulled into our little um garage the kids hopped out and the first thing they did was go into the snow god love them with no coats and no gloves and they're just like having a snowball fight and they're like all of a sudden my hands are really cold i was like well of course this is this is snow snow exists because it's cold outside but they had no idea they had they ate snow from the time that we got out of the car at our place until the time we pretty much got back onto the plane to fly home to florida we went tubing 
the first night we were there and there's this huge drift of snow on the side of the like parking area parking lot and like you know kind of recreational area and you know they you push snow to the side right and it just kind of goes up in a big pile or big drift and when it's next to a parking lot it gets gross and grimy and black because there's exhaust do you think my kids cared nope they scooped that shit right up they were i i had to body dive on them and be like don't eat that snow there's a color code when it comes to snow you don't touch it unless it is pure white it just like fallen from the sky white. We had a lot of interventions this past week where I had to like slap it out of their hands. Like don't eat the brown snow. Don't eat the yellow snow. Don't eat anything unless it hasn't touched anything yet. But it was super fun. I will say tubing, if you're going somewhere that's cold that has snow is a great option for the young kids because it's not skiing. It doesn't involve any level of skill. And it's freaking awesome. We did our tubing in Woodward Park or Woodward Park City. I'm sorry. It's like a big sports center. They have tubing outside. They have a little, um, I don't know what it's called, like a downhill ski zone. What are those ramps? I, my descriptions are not going to be great here because I know nothing about skiing. But those things that people go down and they shoot you back up. One of those things. They have a snowboard park. It's amazing. And then inside they have foam pits. They have a skateboarding um, area. They have trampolines. They have a full cafe where you can get food and drinks. It was amazing. And the kids loved it. So I highly recommend you check that out. Um, it's really great. My five and seven-year-old loved it. My daughter who you know, she's pretty brave, but you know, probably gets a little anxious at trying new activities. Just loved it. No fear, no nothing. It was amazing. Um, so yeah. And, um, it, it, it was, it's just really cool to see your kids experience something for the first time. And having grown up in Pittsburgh and grown up in an area where there's the changing of the seasons, we got to experience snow and all that stuff you take for granted that when you don't get that, how exciting it is. Um, we did our ski lessons the next day. Um, I would say this, we were kind of hesitant about doing the ski lesson with our kids because I don't know, five feels kind of young, even though I know that the people who live in a cold climate bring their kids out, like starting at age two, I was a little bit nervous about this. The first day we went out on the slopes, we left the two and a half year old and our five year old back. She was supposed to come with us, our five year old, but she was kind of nervous that day. Took our son out, he's seven, he loved it. He was like, I give this 25 thumbs up. We did a ski lesson um, with an instructor, just one instructor for all three of us. And he loved every second. They take you on this magic carpet thing, which is like a moving, just like kind of what it sounds like. It goes, brings you back up the hill. So you like ski onto it and it lifts you back up the hill and then you go back down and it is like the bunny slope of all bunny slopes. It's like a super low grade and pretty much they're teaching you without sticks, without poles so that you get comfortable with the skis themselves. So they took, um, Andrew and I, and then our son, you know, up and down quite a few times and ended the day going down an actual trail with him <laughs> and he did great. God love this boy. He made it all the way to the bottom. He fell a couple times. Like, you know how they have this, they have these big yellow signs with like, I don't like a soft kind of, um, I don't know what material it's made out of, but it's like a cloth thing. And it just says, slow down, slow down because you're approaching the bottom of the hill and where the lift area is. And so he saw that poor guy and just like kind of freaked out and just 
fell over. And then he got to the bottom of the hill and this guy couldn't stop in time and he tripped over him. It was a whole thing, but he made it. He loved it. Brought the kids back for a second day. My five-year-old went this time and they did like an actual lesson with other kids and they loved it. I'll tell you what, they keep those kids running the whole time. They were so tired by the time we got them back. It started at nine and we went over to just kind of check on them at one o'clock after their little lunch break. And my son like spotted us so far away and he's like, I'm coming. And he skied down the hill to us and then just refused to leave our side. So we ended the lessons a little early because those poor buggers were tired. Um, but it was really great and <clears throat> surprisingly fun for the young kids. I was a little bit nervous about leaving them for the morning because they have never obviously done anything like this before, but they did great. So I highly recommend you check out a lesson if you're headed out to Park City. They really are great with the kids and um, they just make it so simple and easy. Had major anxiety leaving them though. I'm like looking at the mountain of thousands of people like coming up and down and I'm like, how do they keep an eye on these kids? How do they keep them all together? But somehow they do. And um, it was great. I went from bunny slopes, like the green level to the blue, not going to lie, feel like a badass for it. I was, it's, I think it's probably like my fifth or sixth time ever skiing. And that includes from like high school until now. The last time I was on skis was eight years ago before we had our son. I think like right before I got pregnant. So it had been a while and I like got right back into the groove. I'm kind of proud of myself. I'm not known around these parts for being the most coordinated person. Like when Andrew takes me to play basketball with him, like, you know, to shoot around, like he likes to go shoot baskets. I, I, I can't make a basket. I can't dribble. Can't do anything related to like organized sports in that regard that involve like hitting a ball or like doing anything with much force. But skiing, I feel like it's my jam. I kind of got it down pat. It's one of the things that I'm much better at than Andrew. And babe, if you're listening to this, love ya. You're not a skier, but I love ya. But he did great. He gets really annoyed because last time we went skiing together, <laughs> I skied to the bottom of the hill and I would wait for him and I would turn on my video camera and um, shoot him coming down. And he gets so pissed. It's just like string of expletives, like F-bombing me the whole way as soon as he realizes that I'm putting him on video. Oh, I didn't do it this time. I decided to be nice. But um, he did let me go back with the kids and let me go up alone for a while with some friends. And I conquered some, some blue trails. If you're a skier and you're laughing at me, thinking that I think this is badass, I know it's like not that tough, but for me, for someone who hasn't done it in eight years, like being able to do blues was huge. And it just felt so good. It's like a religious experience to be up there. I really truly felt, this is corny, but close to God up on that mountain. One of these runs took about 15 minutes to go down. And you look out and you see the mountain range ahead of you. And, you know, this was late afternoon and the sky had some great color to it. I was alone for a moment. It was quiet. The air was fresh and, and cool. It was honestly the most incredible experience. I can totally see why people become addicted to that sport because you really are just, I mean, you're just out there with nature. It is the best um, 
So it was, yeah. I mean, I, I spending so much time now in Florida and forgetting like how wonderful it is to be in like great snow and cold winter weather, like I had that much more appreciation for it. I did fall once. I don't know. Something happened. My tips are always crossing. Um, like, you know, how you can turn really well one way as you're like kind of going back and forth. This one side just kind of tricky for me. I don't know if I have like a lazy foot. I don't know what's happening, but I did have like a spill really thought for a minute that I tore a ligament. It was bad. It was dicey, but I got back up. She lives to see another day. I did it. It was great. And now we're home and we're back in the swing of things. Mostly. Um, Oh, by the way, I should mention this. Um, I did a whole write-up on the blog just recently over the past week or so um, about our trip. And I listed a bunch of restaurants we went to, or a couple of restaurants we went to, a couple of the other things we did, and some good tips on if you're bringing your kids skiing, sort of what to know ahead of time. So you need to check that out. It's sunny.me, S-O-N-N-I dot me. And um, yeah, just really great. It was a great trip. On the way home, it was a little dicey with the baby again. She was fully under the seat this time. She pulled the tray table down over top of her head and just kind of sat there. And I was okay with it because listen, you need a little, you need a little time and space, right? If she's going to be quiet, even if there's like fecal bacteria on the floor, I'm going to let her crawl around in it because I think people would prefer that to the other option, which would be her just casually sprinting up and down the aisle. By the way, it like big thumbs down to the people who don't smile at kids on airplanes. I know it's annoying to hear a child that is not your own <laughs> talk too much or even scream and cry for the record. My kids were never screaming and crying, but like, you know, do you think the parents want to be dealing with that craziness any more than you do? Don't you think that we're, we are more embarrassed that our kid is the one that's, you know, causing the commotion or making the sound than you are put out by hearing it. Trust me, friend. So we could do without the dirty looks and stuff. There was this person sitting behind my daughter who would just, she wasn't even really, she wasn't really doing anything except, you know, kind of peeking between the seats and looking back. And this person was an, just miserable, like throwing daggers. I was like, let's not bully a two and a half year old. I mean, just, just maybe look away. You know, you might not like that. She's, she's spying on you while you're watching hustlers silently judging you, but you know, just, uh, turn a cheek. You don't have to give a dirty look to a two and a half year old. By the way, I did watch hustlers on the plane. Have you seen that movie? Talk about, uh, I probably should have had some, uh, I probably should have reconsidered my viewing options. Put it that way. I should have had better judgment when it came to picking out the movie that I'm going to watch, but I did watch hustlers and there's Full on, like, they did blur out the boobs, so you didn't see those, but there are full on stripper scenes in this movie. And I'm sitting in the aisle watching it on, the, on an aisle seat. And there, there, you know, there's people behind me. I, I have my two and a half year old sitting next to me. They're probably, they probably have child services dialed up and ready to ring by the time we land. But I had to watch it because it's really good. I actually got through like, I don't know, half to three quarters of it. So don't spoil the ending for me, but I'm going to go back and finish it. Um, but here's to not being embarrassed by your, 
by your viewing choice on the airplane, even if people are silently judging you behind you, watching hustlers with your toddler next to you. Probably not the best look, but am I sorry? Mm, no. Um, but we made it back. It's good to be home and um, it's good to be back in a routine. You know, the kids are, are still kind of um, adjusting to getting back on Eastern time and getting back into their bedtime routines and all that stuff. But um, I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we went outside of our comfort zone. I battled my major vacation anxiety to make this happen. When given the option, I like to like, I like to stay close to home because I like to avoid all of the complications that come with traveling with kids. But I think this trip changed my mind. I think, um, I'm going to be more likely to try this again in the future. Our kids are only getting older. Two and a half is on the young side for this kind of a trip, I will say, because there's, you know, a time change and a climate change involved and a whole new wardrobe that you have to pack, but it was worth it and it was amazing and we are glad to be back. And, um, yeah, that's it. I'm just, I'm just sitting here waiting to pick up my kids from school. I had a few extra minutes, wanted to pop on bring you the latest. I would love to hear your travel horror stories. Has anything crazy ever happened to you guys while you're flying or driving somewhere? Um, let me know. Shoot me an email, sunny at sunnyavada.com. I've got tons of great podcast episodes coming up and I cannot wait for you guys to listen. Um, as always, drop me a line if you have any questions about guests that have been featured. We just did one with L.R. Nost, who was the um, gentle parenting guru. She was on a couple of episodes back and everybody loved that. I'm so grateful to um, everyone for the great response on that. It was her first podcast ever. And L.R. is not only the author of some incredible books on gentle parenting, but she's also someone whose words are just shared just prolifically on social media. She's like one of those authors whose quotes you constantly see being pulled and repinned and shared on Instagram. I mean, her approach to parenting is so, it's just so in line with what I do and I like, and, um, it's just very common sense. She calls it co-humaning when you raise a kid, um, which I love her, her view on discipline and boundary setting, I think is so um, logical and so powerful. She really gives you an approach to parenting that feels less like us versus them, you know, with the kids and more like sort of a, a collaborative way. That sounds so corny, but that's what she means by co-humaning, like raising another human being with their own sets of, of feelings and questions and issues. Um, alongside you and your own. So I definitely want you guys to check that episode out if you haven't already. She's just full of wisdom and um, her her words are incredible. And I'm so honored that she chose my podcast to be the first place where she, um, you know, did an audio interview. So thank you, LR. Um, I'll be back next week with more good stuff. In the meantime, hope you guys are having a great week. Don't forget to rate and review. Um, that is tremendously helpful in getting these episodes out to people who might like them or find them useful. And that's it. Follow me on Instagram at Sunny Abata, S-O-N-N-I-A-B-A-T-T-A. Thank you guys for listening to this solo app of 30-something. Talk to you soon.